Salsa Music Stream. And now, your hosts, Scott, Jana, and Nine. You wanted the dirt on Tulsa. You got it. Hey guys, Tulsa Music Stream here. Um, this is episode 72, and we will be joined with Rachel Bolin here shortly. How you doing, Rachel? What's up, Rachel? How's it going? Good, man. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to put you on screen here. There he is, the man himself, Rachel Bolin from Skid Row. Hey, Rachel. Thanks so much How's for coming on. Man, we're good, buddy. Let me introduce you to everybody on the on the panel here. First of all, I trust you can see and hear everything okay? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Okay, well, uh, from your, let's see, it'd be your right to left, our, our host, Scott. Yes. This is Nine. He's got a story for you in a little bit. My name is Jana, so we're a three-person panel here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Fellow bass player, too. Heck, yeah. Right on. We're, uh, we're pumped to have you on. Man, we've caught you uh, in the midst of what is turning out to be a very busy year for Skid Row. Props to you guys from that. I'm going to put your show schedule up on the screen here. Um, it is absolutely chocked full of dates, not just here in the U.S., but uh, um, down in South America and overseas as well. And we're going to get to uh, where we talk about some shows that are of particular interest to the people in our area here in just a minute. But I want to put you back on screen. You guys, I know your show last night got canceled because of bad weather, but you guys kicked off your first leg Thursday night. Tell us how the first show went. Oh, it was great. You know, we linked back up with our buddies and Buck Cherry and, uh, it's just really cool when you tour with friends, you know, that you've known for a long time. Uh, it, it makes the whole process a lot smoother. But, yeah, it was a sold-out show, and, and it was just great. It was a great reunion with those guys, and it's it was just one of a lot of shows that we're going to do together this year. Right. Well, it's it. I'm, I'm sure it's so great. Finally, I think we're through the COVID woods, and we're kind of getting things back to normal and uh, like I said, let me uh, let me put the tour dates back up. Go, go to skidrow.com. You guys can see the full list of tour dates. But as I said, of particular interest to the people in our area is this March 31st show coming up. It's Friday, March 31st at Sugar Creek Casino in Hinton, Oklahoma. And I trust that everyone from our area is going to make sure to pick up a ticket and go down to that one. I know we're going to do that. Uh, you guys can get your tickets if you go to, let me, I got to get my eyes on here. You can either get them at the Players Club, 877-930-STUB, or you can go to SugarCreekCasino.com. Guys, pick up tickets and head down to that show. And then this one, Rocklahoma, we get Just you guys announced. back. Just announced. Fantastic news that you guys are going to be on the Rocklahoma lineup. You guys have done Rocklahoma in previous years. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, are you guys, do you dig the Rocklahoma experience? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot. And uh, we, we did it. The first time we did it was a really long time ago when it was in its infant stage. And it's just to see how they, they've changed it, made it more fan friendly. Yes. Um, it's really, really cool for a festival to do that, you know, for for promoters to think like that from a fan's perspective, I think is really, really uh, important, you know. Yes. Absolutely. Now, so it's been a yeah. We we actually in 2007 when Rocklahoma first came about, um, we actually played. I think the the our band, me and her band, um, we played on that. I believe it was that Saturday, in 2007, and I got to meet Scotty Hill. It was really cool. But we played, <laughs> of course, you know the early early time slots. But were you sick that year in 2007? There was a lot of rumors going around that you may have been sick. One year, yeah, I think it might have been. 2007 i got food poisoning like That's you would right. not believe uh, from the the morning of the show and i i thought i was going to die oh, <laughs> i God. was i was right. in a ball dressing room floor just eating like trying to eat a little bit of bananas and as much water as i could sure yeah uh, I, remember, I remember that performance yeah. we we had um vip seats and everything that year and we were up pretty close and and i could tell pretty much before i heard the rumors is like you were white as a ghost oh, that <laughs> sucks yeah it was really bad and um so i basically went off stage into a golf cart into an ambulance and they just uh they hooked up a bunch of iv and gave me a bunch of fluids and i felt a little better after that but man it was crazy so, something weird 
happens to me, it seems about every other time we play Rocklahoma. <laughs> the one time we played, um, it was in the middle of 18 and life. And it's after they installed that cement wall with the walkway so fans could take pictures for a while. And, yep. and there was a little girl there. She could just about see over the wall. So I'm like, man, I'm going to hand her a pick. So I lean over as far as I can. I get the pick to her. And as I'm backing up, the uh, the backup mic was on the floor, was on the stage, mm. and I just hit it and did oh, a total oh. three stooges, and I landed flat on my back on the cement stage, and oh, it knocked the wind out of me. I didn't hit my head, thankfully, because I kind of tucked it in, and <laughs> it knocked the wind out of me. And I remember just looking up, and all the VIPs that are up in the in the rafters there, they're oh. just making the same face. They're all like. Oh, oh my so, god oh, wow i didn't know what to do so i just started making pretend snow angels because <laughs> I, I felt like a complete wow. idiot <laughs> well you got to make yourself look cool absolutely so. yeah <laughs> so your show your, your show got canceled last night and you're i'm hoping that you're refreshed and everything i was you know because we we play in bands too and we played last night so i was like well you know he's playing we're gonna play we're just gonna be a really worn out stream today <laughs> but you're all refreshed and everything yeah. so so how does that work if if did you guys are were already there and it got canceled or do or was that before now, you got we, to go out there it's actually been rescheduled to uh september 24th um but what what happened we we the first show was us and buck cherry the second show we each already had a previous uh show and they were in two different parts of um of uh where were we? South Dakota? No, that's where the gig was. Where we were playing? Minnesota. We were in Minnesota. So they were in Walker, Minnesota. We were in Monomon. And, um, you know, we kept getting the weather report. So I was actually texting back and forth with Josh. And I'm like, are you guys going for it? What are you going to do? And, and then our driver came down. He's like, every major highway is closed. Mm. And the only one that's open, he goes, I'm not sure. Because the bus drivers can only drive for so long before they have to take mandatory break and they can't cheat because it's all digitally registered and all that stuff mm -hmm. and they could get trouble. and so he's like with the snow and everything we're not going to make it in the allotted time so it, it's going to be really hard well so we made the decision there that we were going to just head here the promoter was great the venue was great they're like we were expecting this call you know no worries and buck cherry ended up they they their bus got stuck in a snow drift they're fine now oh, wow. but they were stuck in a snow drift for hours and wow. it, yeah. So, um, yeah, they, so they were really cool. Yeah. The venue was really cool. And they just rescheduled it to the next leg of, of the Buck Cherry Skid Road tour in September and everything worked out great. It sucks for the fans because, uh, you know, it was almost sold out. And uh, <laughs> I know when you're growing up, you're growing up and you miss work because of a snowstorm or you miss school because of a snowstorm. It's like, cool. <laughs> yeah. a rock and roll not show this, it's like not shit that case, sucks not cool yeah, I, yeah. we were glad everyone was so cool about rescheduling you know because we we really hate canceling shows for whatever reason it is absolutely no kidding hey let's talk a little bit about the shows that you guys are going to be doing with kiss i've got the the flyer up here oh, europe, cool. um, europe tour yeah this is really killer so you guys will be uh, supporting them in the end of the road tour how did uh, how did this come about and how pumped are you to to get back out there with those guys uh, it, it um, being a Kiss fan, this is like, uh, you know, it's a dream. Every time we play with them, whether we do a Kiss Cruise or the shows that we did in 2000, it's it's just a dream because just growing up, I mean, Gene Simmons, the reason he's the sole reason I play bass, what yep. got me to pay attention to bass. So, um, yeah, we're, we're really psyched. Um, we spoke with Doc McGee, who used to be our manager, and we remember friends and actually snake manages bands still through the mcgee entertainment and um we just brought it up we're like hey man we're gonna be in europe at the same time you guys are gonna be what do you think about uh putting us on some shows and doc was like it's funny you mentioned that because paul really liked your new record and he really liked eric's voice and and so did gene so um yeah, so they they uh, they agreed to have us on, and it worked out perfectly because we're over there doing a bunch of festivals, and then in between the festivals, we're jumping on shows with Kiss, which is just like it's ridiculous, you know. And it's so cool to be playing with Kiss in Germany because they use the backwards Z's, right. <laughs> yeah. and I'm just like, I can't wait to get one of those tour posters with that. 
And yeah, that's, pretty, real that's pretty cool, man. For my studio, for my that's collection. Killer. I'm always just jealous. I mean, of you guys, not only because of your own band, but then the opportunity you, know, you guys always seem to have with Kiss. You always have this connection with Kiss. And, you know, you you did the, you know, on the, well, there was the farewell, we, we to the farewell tour City, with Ted yeah. Nugent. Yeah, I was there in Oklahoma yeah, City. I and, was as well. And amazing show. And, and you guys always kill it. And I know all of you guys are just huge Kiss fans. So it's, you know, it's great to, to see you guys are still out there doing it with them. No kidding. And you mentioned the new album. And I got to tell you, we listened to the whole thing from beginning to end yesterday on the way to our show. Not one week track on that thing. It is just Badass. home run after home run after home run. And, you know, let's talk about the producer. I know you've already done a lot of press, and he's getting high praise. This is Nick Raskulinix. I hope I'm not butchering that last name. But you nailed it. Okay, sweet. <laughs> so we were talking about it, and I want you to either agree or disagree with what you think. When I hear it, it's like the debut album and Slave to the Grind had a baby, and it's this album. And I almost feel like this very well could have been you guys' second album if you had decided to stay a little more in the commercial vein. Am I anywhere close to what you think about this album? I, I think you're you're dead on because Nick, um, he was a fan of Skid Row before he was a producer. And his whole... What he was thinking was, I want to produce my favorite Skid Row record. I want to make the kick-ass Skid Row record that I've been waiting to hear since Slave to the Grind. And his his uh, go-to out of our catalog is the first record. Um, and so we, we wrote a bunch of songs and brought it to him. And, and a lot of them, he was like, wow, this is really cool. Let's just work on this. And we kind of pulled them all apart. He's a producer. He's an old school producer, even though he's, he's a lot younger. Um, and he really helped us retrace our steps, which sounds silly and it sounds easy, but it's really not. When you've been in the business and doing it for more than you haven't been doing it in your life with the same band, you, you, you kind of stray from from your roots, you know, so he brought us back there and really made us start thinking like we did when we were, you know, 22 years old. Right. And um, it, that that I, I, I commend him on that. And he just really he was his honesty was very important. Like we would one of us would bring in a riff or a song and think that we had something really good. Be like, nah, <laughs> yeah. really like and it's like, all right. So, you know, you this is a business of egos let's face it you could not have an ego when you're in the studio with nick Frasky Linux because he'll just he's just going to tell you what he feels sure. and i respect that so much especially coming from new jersey that's kind of how we all are up there yeah. we just we sugarcoat anything you know and it was it was uh a, an a incredible experience and an awesome creative process with nick because he just his his just recall for stuff we would play one song and not go back to it for a week and he'd be like hey you changed that bass lick right there I'm like, oh, yeah you're right wow. <laughs> well let me ask you this you 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 went into your first album because we all hear this you you spent your your teenage years and everything leading up to that first album and i ask you this because you're one of the primary songwriters where do you draw the inspiration now for the songs that you're writing because you know your your first album is also uh, is all the ideas you've been holding on to up right. to recording that first album so so where are you drawing this the, the inspiration right. now when you're writing yeah, I always say you have your whole life to write your first record. Right. Um, but uh, anywhere, man, it, it's like there's nothing like lyrically. Sometimes it's just I'll hear something and or it'll be a story that someone tells me or I'll just hear a conversation happening somewhere. And I like to when I write lyrics, I like to put myself in the place of the first person. And even if they're not singing from the first person standpoint, I just it's it's weird but you know we just draw off of everyday events a lot and just sometimes we're just like hey man we need a party song let's write a party song that's not cheesy this and that and you know uh with gangs all here the song for instance uh, we wrote that with our friend paul taylor and he goes what what do you want to write like what kind of stuff and i'll go i don't know man what what how does Skid Row hit you? And then he came up with the riff for Gangs All Here. And I was like, wow, dude, this sounds like it could have been on our first record. Mm -hmm. And we with it. And we got together with Snake and, and we just ran with it. And it's just 
you know, we started thinking about all of our knucklehead friends in New Jersey and just kind of wrote a story around it, you know, like how we grew older and we're now we're living in different areas and we're not down the street or across the street from each other, but we still get together every now and then and raise hell and, and act like idiots, you know, and that, that's kind of how we draw inspiration for certain things, you know, and then some stuff more personal than others. And some, some stuff is a little more general. We really don't have a formula, man. I wish I could answer that question. Like, um, but we really don't. And well, never... I asked it because I just know when I try to like write lyrics now as an older guy, I'm like, man, I, I don't write the same kind of lyrics that I did when I was 21 years old or 22 years old. So. It's almost impossible. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You, you know, just like she said, you know, to me, I felt like it was definitely that that bridge between the first and slave to the grind. And, and you got your, you know, your singles and your hits with the gangs all here. You got tear it down. Um, and, but then you got like October's October song, which could, could be on save to the grind or your third album and, and subhuman race. And so it's like perfectly yes, like that missing link that, you know, you guys always got so much crap about going heavy on save to the grind and not sticking to what you, your formula was on the first album. And I just feel like this, I mean, they would have been fit perfect. And, and it just would have bridged that thing. But I understand why you guys went the way you guys did, because, I mean, times were changing with, mm-hmm. you know, the Panteras it, and Alice in Chains and all that stuff that was coming out. And so I, I totally understand that. Um, you did find it. Natural- I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. You know, you found a great singer, you know, in Eric Grunewald and. Um, you know, replacing Sebastian Bach is no easy task, you know, for any band, but you guys did it and, you know, you still find success and, you know, what's the secret or recipe that keeps this band together this long for what, 36 years now? Yeah. Uh, just persistence. We, we all have the mindset of failure is not an option, you know, and there were times after our heyday where we, we I'm not going to lie, we struggled. And we, Scotty and I were just talking about this over lunch the other day, how like when we went back out after the KISS tour and we didn't have that big tour to rely on and, and that consistency to rely on where we jumped back in a van or, you know, back in an RV and our big big step up at that time was like okay we're not staying in motel sixes anymore we're staying at red roof inns you know (laughs) (laughs) you know there were points where it was bleak but we just always said man this is what we want to do and it's gonna happen and stuff started happening to us and for us and it went you know every year seemed to get a little better and better we had our our you know our pitfalls but then we'd bounce back and this band is very very resilient and like I said, we never, after we got the band back together, we never looked at each other and said, I think it's time to check out because that has is not in our vocabulary. And so now after all this time and personnel changes, enter Eric Cronwall. And it was just totally fate that him and I had this conversation, how his uh, course of life crossed with ours Mm -hmm. and his backstory of uh you know using uh 18 in life was his audition song for idol in sweden that he eventually won and it's it's crazy to think like all the weird coincidences you know he was two years old when our first album came out (laughs) you know like we were just waiting for him to graduate high school (laughs) wow yeah (laughs) you know is speaking of you know your new singer we we actually went out to uh key west florida and we caught the the very first uh rock festival or rock fest rock island fest. rock island fest sorry and it was the first time we got to actually see uh what is it tharp is that how you pronounce his name tharp great guy great singer great look um but it just didn't seem right it didn't feel right to me as a fan and then it wasn't Long after that is when the replacement came because I was I was actually shocked. I was like, "Hey, he sounded good." I don't, you know, but the girls liked him, you know, because his long <laughs> black hair, and you know, that was with them. But I didn't feel like he was, you know, the perfect fit. And I feel this guy. And you guys just recently played here in Tulsa at the Osage Casino, and mm-hmm. you guys knocked it out of the park. And you know, commend to you uh, get finding this great singer. 
Yeah, he is. He's a nice guy, and he he has the same work ethic as we do. Um, that is pretty much his balls to the wall at all mm-hmm. times, and it, it just works. We're all like minded, and and it just works, man. And and he is a an incredibly talented guy. He you know he's the first singer we ever had that played an instrument. He plays mm-hmm. guitar and piano, and that's a big help. And, and he can contribute to writing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we already started writing some songs for the next record, which Skid Row, mm. you might not know this, but we take a long time to put out records. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen anymore because it's such a it's such a creative atmosphere. And Nick has already uh, told us that he produced the next record. So it, it's just it's just and he's a creative force as well. And, you know, it's just. It, the, the vibe is so good and it's just it, it's never really been this good how everyone like loves being in a room with each other and we rehearse more than we ever did just for the simple fact of hanging out wow. <laughs> you know I want I mean? to tell you what I'm impressed uh, impressed by because and, and I don't want to bring up Sebastian very much you have completely stuck to your guns knowing you could make probably a shit ton of money knowing that you know the fans would eat that up but you have stuck to your guns. And I've always heard you are the main guy. And I well, see, we've been in a room with Sebastian, and I have seen the way Sebastian acts, and I can get it completely. I get it. Well, but you guys have stuck to your guns on that. Yeah. I, it's not just me. Um, you know, we the, the three of us all felt the same. But, you know, there's plenty of rock and roll to go around for everyone. It's just mm-hmm. not Absolutely. something to do. And, and you know, a, a lot of people say to us, oh, you can make so much more money. Well, not a lot of people, but a few people. It, it's not that much more. <laughs> At the expense of happiness, though. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and it's really not that much more. And, you know, I'm not going to talk uh, garbage about anyone. It's just, it's just, right. it's just happened. You know, I, yeah. it's, we, we are so happy now and we're going, yeah. just moving forward direction nonstop. Yes. And it's just, it's great. And it, it's so fun to be doing a career for as long as we have and sure. to have the light at the end of the tunnel, not be a train, you know, Absolutely. It's great. Yeah. You yeah. guys are very blessed, man. And I think you found your diamond in the rough to, to see this thing through to the end. And we're, we're really happy about that. You talked a little bit about how Eric is involved in the, in the writing process. Now, you know, some bands, I, I don't, you're, I'm about to ask you how yours works, but some bands, you know, you've got a guy or maybe two guys, they, they bring almost finished songs in and say, here they are, learn your parts. And then you've got other bands. It's kind of like just, you know, get in the room and jam it out together. When you guys, with this new lineup with Eric in, how, how are the songs created? Is, is one primary guy bringing ideas in and then all of you mold it together? Or how does that work for you all? Well, see, with, with Gangs All Here, it it was already done before Eric came into the fold. But gotcha. I'll get to that in a second. But with, with Skid Row overall, it's always been Snake and I have always been the have done the bulk of the songwriting. It's just that's just how it was. It wasn't right. for any other. It's just like we write more than everybody. But um, you know, it, it's never like we're a dictatorship we're like we're only going to use our songs for all and that's sure. it it's like once we get in the room or if scotty has a riff sometimes scotty will send me a riff and and we'll just run with it because scotty lives uh, you know out in la i live in tennessee and snake is up in long island so it's kind of hard to get together constantly so we'll just throw riffs around or, or whatever and um you know but it's always been snake and i write the bulk of the songs and but it's not a Skid Row song until we get in the room with all five of us. It, it's a it's rude demo. And then you have Scotty putting his vibe on it and Eric mm-hmm. putting his vibe, Rob putting his vibe, you know, cause Rob, you know, I just use, you know, whatever drum program I have and program drums and send it to the guys and say, have at it type of thing. And obviously Rob is going to come in and put some swagger into the drum track and play way better fills than I could program. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Sure. That, that's what makes it a Skid Row song when everyone puts their personality into it. Well, I know personally, uh, we just tried to learn Youth Gone Wild and, and uh, we went over it rehearsal. And I'm telling you, the phrasing of your lyrics and just the tongue twisters, I you know, it's just like, 
I, you know, I could sing along to it, but then when you do it with a band with no, no, no you know, nothing in the, the background, it's just like, right. like, like ah, tough so, song. yeah, it's tough. <laughs> but sorry, hey, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, right. it's, it's tough, man. Hey, I, I want to go back a, a little bit. We kind of touched on it, but we didn't really get too deep into it. So the the change in musical direction between the debut and Slave to the Grind. Was that a conscious decision for you guys? To, did you say, hey, I, we want to go heavier because that's what we want to do? Or was was there more of like almost a, a pressure because you all felt the scene changing? Things were changing at, at that era. You know, the kind of the what you would deem as hair metal, which I don't view you guys that at all. But, it, you know, the, that was kind of fading out. And here came the heavier stuff. Were you doing the heavier direction to stay current with the times or just because that's just what y'all wanted to write? It's just, it was really organic. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, it, it wasn't anything we sat down and said, okay, let's make a heavy record. It, it just, it's just what happened, gotcha. you know? Um, I, it, you know, we always had music in the dressing room playing. And it's funny because uh, at the beginning of the first tour, we were playing a lot of stuff like Aerosmith and Beatles and, and ACDC and, uh, stuff like that. And by the end of the tour, we were just like cranking armored saint and crow mags. You know? Yes. <laughs> and, wow. You know, awesome. All the punk rock stuff that I love, you know. And yeah. I, I think it was it was a very natural progression. And then we just started writing riffs. Uh, and, and, you know, I think Monkey Business was the first song we started working on. And I remember Snake calling and going, dude, come over to my house. I have, uh, I got a riff. I, I, I laid down a, I programmed a drum track, come over and listen to this. And I heard that riff and I was like, oh, wow, this is a little different than the first record, but I like <laughs> mm-hmm. True confession. I had the, when that album came out, I had the target version with the, what, what song was in place of get the fuck out beggars day. Yeah. yeah, that's the version I had first. <laughs> Thanks target. I, I, I'm going to take you back on the memory lane here it was, you know, you guys were one of the first, you know, heavy bands to to put out all those VHS tapes and and, and like Oh Say Can You Scream and Roadkill and mo I mean, being a young teenager watching that stuff and, and just rolling and we would watch it over and over and just laugh our asses off. I mean, can, can you imagine if you guys put something out now like that? That'd be so cool. Yeah, I mean, not. that like, would be real. On man to have something like that i and, you know we uh not as crazy as we used to be but there's still there's still uh some really funny moments with this band oh, sure. oh man yeah. the nameless what, nameless faces or something or nameless people or something like that where you guys had the little masks on and eating that, that a sandwich was, yeah. and stuff so yeah. clever faceless people that was uh rex dime and myself if i'm not mistaken Cool, cool. You guys were really tight with with the Pantera guys, weren't you? Very, yep. Man, yeah, they, what a, they were what crazy. I just came across. Uh, I was cleaning out a closet at home, and I came across a box of stuff that just accumulated over the years of mo- leaving New Jersey and moving to Atlanta, then moving to Nashville. And I came across a uh, a Christmas card from Vinny, and I was like, man, oh, wow, <laughs> that's cool. God, yeah. what's your opinion of the reunion? I think it's really great. I think um, they couldn't have found two better guys to do it because they are extended Pantera family without right. a doubt. Right. You know, um, I mean, the love between uh, Zach and Dime and and um, Charlie and Dime. I mean, they both spoke at his funeral and, and they were all very, very close. I think it's it's really great to be able to celebrate their music and do what they're doing. Okay. And, you know, the Rex and Phil, man, they're they're great guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <absolutely>. right? <laughs> you, you guys were really close with Bon Jovi back in the day, and yeah. I guess now there's a a rumor, or maybe it's confirmed. I don't know, but Richie uh, coming it's coming back to Bon Jovi. I don't know. I I've heard the same rumors, and I, I've uh, you know text uh, a few times with John. Our birthdays are around the same time, but I didn't ask. Yeah. I just, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. You know? Yeah. I read something about you guys recently. It kind of surprised me um, that when the self-titled album was reissued in 2019, that the band stated that they had no input 
on the reissue. Can you explain to someone like me how is how is it possible that that you guys had no input on that? Well, it was uh, yeah. I think Rhino released it, and it was just uh, digital, and it kind of came out. We're like, okay, where's the vinyl? Like, oh, we're only doing it digitally, and I'm like, oh. okay. And, and so from that point on, it's like we definitely have saying stuff now. I think it was one of those things. It's like, well, they're not going to care. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not saying they did the wrong thing because it was pretty cool to have it out with the anniversary and whatnot. But it was even cooler to have it out on vinyl that yeah. was purple, vinyl, all different colors. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, we once once that happened, things changed, you know. Right. We talked a little bit about, about working with uh, Nick and how great that's been. Back in the day when you guys worked with Michael Wagner on the on the first couple albums, was that a was that a good experience? Because I you know I remember being a kid and buying all my cassettes, and his name was on probably eighty percent of them as far as being a producer. Was that a good experience working with Michael? It was it was phenomenal, um, and it's funny we when we were just meeting with producers, you know, we met with a lot of really big producers and. Um, we just, we weren't feeling it. We weren't feeling it is we know they have tons of gold records on their wall and they've sold millions of albums, but maybe it's a Jersey thing, but you have to vibe with someone. Then you have to get along if you're going to spend time with them. But, um, Atlantic flew Michael out to a show. I think it was in Providence, Rhode Island. And he came to the show. He loved it. And we sat down at a table and Snake was uh, kind of across from me. And uh, he said one thing that, you know, of course, we respected him so much for the stuff he did, like with Accept and, and uh, you know, Bunch of and all the shit. Other, yeah, all the other bands that he did. It was, it was incredible. But he said one thing that like set the hook and he goes, I just want the band to be the band. And I kick Snake under the table and we're like, cool. <laughs> What are we going to do it? Sold. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. It, it was such a great experience with Michael. Thankfully, we're, he's, he's a very dear friend of mine. He doesn't live too far from me, and uh, we see each other uh, from time to time. But it was such a great experience. you got to understand, we all we did was just, like, demo stuff in, in smaller studios. And now here we are working with the guy, mm-hmm. you know, the guy that has – you know, mixed ride the lightning and stuff like right. that. Mm-hmm. And, and he was, he's such a nice guy and he's so funny. And he just, he really worries about what the artist worries about. Um, For instance, one day I was just, uh, I got the bass tracks done pretty quick and I was in the second day and I just, I don't know. I just couldn't concentrate. I couldn't, I could not concentrate. I go, man, I'm sorry. I'm screwing this up nonstop, but my brain is elsewhere. He goes, okay. And he told the the assistant, he goes, you can go home. And he just started shutting lights off. He goes, let's go jet skiing. And so wow. we went jet. And the next day, clear head, went in, finished my bass tracks. Nice. And he do that kind of stuff all the time because he worried about it. He wants the best performance out of you that you have. He doesn't want one that you got to force, you know what I mean? And so we had a great time doing that and, and then an even better time doing Slave because now we knew each other for a while and we we're yeah. close and we weren't in, you know, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin and nothing against Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. It's beautiful, but there is nothing to do. <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? And they did that on purpose. Um, Alpine Valley was the saving grace. We got to go see a lot of concerts there. But then we did the second record with Michael in Fort Lauderdale and it was just absolute insanity. Oh, wow. I'm sure. From- and it's crazy. I'm sure, it was fun. I'm sure. I think yeah. any good producer knows that part of his job is is the psychological side of things. You have to make sure your guys are in a good headspace because you're going in there to lay down something that's going to be there forever. So they've got to yeah. be in a good in a good spot. So on the flip side, working with Michael Wagner, and then the third album, you guys you worked with Bob Rock. That was a little little more tense, correct? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Enough said. <laughs> hey, I love that album. Eileen is one of my favorite songs yeah. off that oh, album. It's perfect thanks, song. Dude. You guys yeah. don't do a ton of a ton of material live off of that album, do you? 
No, Eric keeps pushing us to do a couple because uh, Fire Sign. You know, yeah, yeah, that is that was a fun song to play. Uh, <laughs> we used to do Beat Yourself Blind regularly. Uh, we haven't done that in a while. Uh, but Eric, I forget what song oh, he wants to do. Uh, Medicine Jar, which is my favorite off oh, the yeah, record. Yeah, we pulled that out last time we played in Australia, and it went over really well. So. That's what yeah. I've always liked about when I like when bands, I mean, and I trust me, I'm a musician like you because of kiss. I am. I like it better when the bands will throw in songs like that. Cause you know what you're going to see when you go see kiss, you know exactly what the set list is going to be. So it's always much cooler when bands throw in those songs, man, you know what I'm saying? So. Hey, if hope you don't mind, I'm going to read you a couple viewer comments and then we do have a question. Um, and, and we'll, we'll let you go here in a few minutes. Thank you again so much for being on with us. Um, Elizabeth Talcott says, love the addition of Eric Gronwall. First heard him on the Monsters of Rock Cruise and fell for his voice immediately. I think we all agree with that comment. Jason Fritz says, they killed it at Osage Casino. I posted several live videos and Blabbermouth picked them up and reposted them in an article about the band and their new singer, Eric. That's super cool. Here is your question from Jay North. He says... I was just wondering why Forever was only a B-side. That's such a great song. Um, yeah, I know. We stick that in the set every now and then, too. Which And the song is really fun to play. I don't know why it wasn't on the first record. I think we j- it just came down to we had an abundance of songs, and we recorded them all, and we were just like, let's let's vote. Let's just pull them out of a hat we had like a certain amount and there were like three or four left over. We're like, let's just vote on each, each one of these. And, um, that one didn't make it, but it should have, it should have gave us, uh, you know, we could have added another one to the record, but yeah, sure. that's, it's a really fun song to play. And it's, uh, it's just a really good song. It has a cool story behind it. And I, I like it. I liked it. And Scotty solo in that is just sick. Yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's wicked, wicked. Yeah. yeah. You know your former your former singer who uh, passed away, uh, Johnny. Um, mm. Was this something that you seen coming, or was it something that happened like long after he it, was gone? Well, I mean, he had uh, unfortunately he had his demons um, that we spoke to him about quite a few times and asked him to get it straightened out. Um, it got to the point where it was really interfering with the band. And I know that sounds cold and callous and it sounds like we're turning our back on the guy, but we weren't because we really did want him to fix it. Um, you know, and it got to the point where it's like, okay, we can't get through a show, you know, almost, almost to that point. And we made the change and, um we were just hoping and, and then things got really bad with our relationship obviously he, he was mad and he was hurt and totally understand that and he put in a lot of time with the band and, and then there were you know there were lawsuits and all this stuff that we we settled like man and just said hey man let's let's this is enough this is enough we're not mm-hmm. too much time together uh too a big chunk of our lives we spent together we can't go on hating so him and i would stay in touch and 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 we text and then i heard he was in the hospital and and a mutual friend went down said he's he's, man he's not doing good he's Mm. really really not doing good and i texted him and i got no answer and then a few days later we heard he passed and it's just just sad all the way around yeah Yeah, no kidding we i've never we've never lost a band member in that way, you know, um, with Skid Row. Um, and, and it's just, you know, he was still a brother. He wasn't in a band. Sure. He was still a brother. And like I said, I had a lot of laughs. We all did all together. We had some really great times and, and we did a lot of stuff together. And it's just, it's just sad, you know, he has kids and, and, mm-hmm. you know, his mom is just, mm-hmm. she's so, and, and it's it just it's just sad all the way around yeah, I told yeah, he put on a hell of a performance yeah. at rock Oklahoma. um you know this is my first time seeing him in 2007 so yeah. you know it, it's a big loss and uh sad that you guys had to go through that 
for sure. Yeah. Definitely. How about some happier stuff? I, I don't know if you remember your first visit to Tulsa, so I'm going to remind you. Yeah, we're going to share some personal stories. Yeah, with check, you. So check this out. We're going to go. I'm an 18 year old kid in 1988, and we're driving. That, we're driving across the country to Colorado to play in Colorado Springs, and our buddy Wayne Adams has tapes of two new bands. One of them is Skid Row, and the other one I think was. I don't know if it was Halloween or something, whatever. But the Skid Row, uh, the debut was badass. So fast forward six months later, my band gets a call. You guys want to open for Skid Row at the Beat Club? We're like, what? <laughs> so here's the story I got. You guys had played in Oklahoma City the night before, mm-hmm. and you guys were on your way to a Kansas City Oils baseball game in your bus. And your manager in that 150 miles ended up booking a show before you ever got there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And my 18-year-old old ass opened up for you there, right there. and there's there's that living night the right dream. there <laughs> living the dream right I, there i remember that club i i, I remember it like it was yesterday yeah. um wow and I that was a thrill man you're open i'm opening for these guys that i love man it's like i'm 18 yeah. years old like holy shit i don't need school i don't need any of that shit i'm opening <laughs> for fucking skid row i remember it was so smoky and hot in that place like yeah. unbelievably and i had a bruised rib so it was hard for me to breathe. And Scotty had bronchitis and we were both just like, we're not going to get out of here alive. <laughs> that was really cool. The one thing I do remember from that is a girl sitting on somebody's shoulders and the security guard trying to kick her out and Sebastian telling him to get the fuck out. You get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he wouldn't say something. No, like that. that probably happened. Yeah. That probably happened every show, Rachel, actually. But, but it's pretty crazy. They, this is the first I'm hearing about the Kansas city Royals baseball game. So that I think some way, Fed you a line of bullshit. It could be, could be. Again, that was a lot, a lot of years and bong hits ago. Yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, no, I, I totally remember that, and I, I just remember just hurting so bad, like about halfway through the show, because it was hard, really hard. I don't know if you guys ever had bruised ribs, but it is hard to do anything yeah. with it. And, but yeah, that was a great night. That was yeah. I believe you real- guys were on tour with Bon Jovi. What was it for the for the uh, Slippery When Wet New tour, right? Uh, New Jersey. Yeah. Oh, New Jersey tour. Okay, that's yeah. what it was, right? Hey, yeah. worked out for me. So, Scott, awesome. Scott, what else do you have for for Rachel before I well, ask him one more thing? My experience with uh, first meeting anyone from Skid Row, um, it was Snake, and he he was coming down to for for a showcase of a young band here, um, Coweta, Oklahoma. They were called Crooked X, and I guess uh, Doc McGee and all them kind of sign things these kids and we knew them um we would do shows with these these kids and we got asked to open up for their showcase and we got to meet snake and everything but uh, you know the whole time and it's she's she plays guitar as well and i was like you know they can have this but we're gonna sell ourselves to snake too you know <laughs> so we got up there and rocked our asses off you know of course we're a lot more older than these guys and and um and I remember I had a boa on and a bunch of makeup, just rocking the fuck out. And and we got to meet Snake, and he was really nice yeah. and everything. And and of course, you know, you know how young bands are. They're like, man, let's get him. Got to get him a CD. You got to get him a CD. It's like shit. He's he's in the he's in the restroom. It's like go go. So that's my only chance. You know, Hand him a CD while he's got his dick in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> he, he gets what? done doing his thing. He's like, hey man, thanks for being out here. And, and I handed him a CD and everything. And and so that was kind of uh, that's cool. You know, our way to, to start him. But you know, Rachel. Now you okay. You made it to the top. So just let's just just level with us. Anytime a band hands a famous person a CD, that sucker goes straight in the trash, right? No, not necessarily. No? Not necessarily. Oh. And here's why i remember exactly what it was like trying to get the band heard and i don't think there's only been a couple cds that i haven't opened um because and it was probably because the person was a douche to me when they were they were doing it and i know that sounds petty but man if you're asking someone a favor Sure. You don't want you don't want to come across like an asshole. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, but I I've listened to pretty much every CD and who knows or and cassettes that we got back in the wow. day. I say honestly, I've probably listened to about ninety to ninety five percent of them. Did anything ever come of anything that you listened to? Allison Chains. Oh, oh my God! Now you see, Lane, Lane Staley's my all-time favorite that is singer, so, so awesome. that's pretty cool. That's killer. There was, there was only one song that actually made it on their first record, and that was "See a Sorrow," but it was a cassette that one of the guy's sisters gave to me. Wow, wow. that's really cool. I 
sister gave it to me and um i was like Cantrell's from oklahoma right he's from atoka oklahoma that's right i forgot about his dad still lives down there i saw him play at kane's ballroom and he brought his dad up on stage for rooster it was pretty cool ah that's cool killer but yeah so anyway that was one of them and i was like i was like wow man i would love to produce these guys but um I'm glad for all the success they had because I probably wouldn't have gone in the direction that like Dave, I think Dave Jordan produced it and he mm-hmm. heard man in a box. He said, okay, this is your sound. This, mm-hmm. this, your sound go this direction where I don't know if I would have had that foresight. So I'm just right. glad they got the best they did because I love that band. So I let love- that be a lesson learned for, for me and all you unsigned bands out there. Go ahead and hand that CD to, to <laughs> your you rock star. Right encounter there hey rachel i have to ask you real quick as a, as a fellow bass player are you playing what are you playing Schecters now specters specters okay specters yeah. gotcha. i've been playing them live for since 88 killer nice that's a great yeah. bass okay well t- hold on, I, I got okay i want to mention you guys have the 18 in life uh cover song challenge tell us a little bit about that and how's that going <clears throat> The response has been incredible. From uh, our manager just told us the other day that we, I think, uh, we've had almost five thousand submissions or something like that. It's it's nuts, and uh, it's really cool. You know, I mean, I, I know that they're going to break it down. The band has nothing to do with voting. Um, it's going to be listeners, and but they're they're breaking it down like brackets somehow, and and uh, but the 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 response has been incredible and it's it's really fun man it was always really fun to watch people do our songs in different ways especially and 18 in life seems to be the one that everybody does more than any other song so someone at management was like man you guys should do a contest and we were like that would be really really cool Mm. and yeah it's been great so much talent out there definitely more fun than the ice bucket challenge that's way more fun for sure guys got any more viewer questions there (laughs) no i don't think we do but but okay level with me i'm putting one more thing on the screen have you had this coffee and is it badass oh i love it i love it we actually came up with the 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 company dead sled um they sent us a whole bunch of combos of different stuff and we all tried it everyone drinks coffee in in the band and we tried a few different ones and actually unanimously like that one. And, um, so yeah. Well guys pick up, pick it up, man. Dead sled coffee. And they can get that on your website. There's a link on your website that takes them to the coffee website, right? I've been drinking this New York coffee kind called forget about it. Seriously. Forget about it. It's like a New New York brand of of coffee and they have different flavors. And the one I buy is called forget about it. That's so awesome. Yeah. Well, Going back to the roadkill VHS tapes, you know, when you guys were drinking all those beers out of the uh, that big-ass horn, <laughs> you can now drink, yeah. you know, now we're a lot older, we can drink coffee, coffee, coffee out of those yeah. things. Life, yeah. Lifestyle's probably changed a bit, huh? Don't burn yourself, though. Jeez. A little bit. A little <laughs> bit. Not, I mean, a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, when you're young, you want you want to find the party, and, pro- and I know now, too, because I'm 50-something, and... uh I just want to find the hotel room and get comfortable with the TV. And <laughs> Okay, one more question. Melanie Hall says, does he still do his dirty rocker soap? Yes, yeah, that's still still going. It, it uh, It's pretty crazy. It was an idea that turned into a hobby, that turned into a business, you know. Um, nice. I just never had time to really launch it or anything. And then when COVID hit, I was like, well, I got nothing but time. We'll see what happens. <laughs> the, the initial... The initial, like, uh, just, I just, we barely even pushed it. And I'm like, I think we just sold out of all the soap in like 45 minutes. Cause we didn't make a ton. We just mm-hmm. made like 40 bars Amazing. and it was gone. And so then we were like, okay, let's double production. Okay. Now let's triple it. And, you know, we started with four and now we're up to 12 different cents and we try to keep it as all natural as possible. And, um, it, it's cool. It's, it's, it's something that, it was just a, a surprise that the the uh, response to it, and but it's great, great. Well, you got your hand in lots of different ven- yeah. adventures, coffee, soap. No yeah. kidding. It's good. Well, Rachel, yeah. you're you're definitely an inspiration, you know, for yes. everyone here on this panel and many fans um, across the world. Uh, you know, me as a bass player, when I first learned how to play bass, it was piece piece of me. 
and like it, for Gene Simmons, for you, you know, you were the one that I looked up to and uh, wanted to uh, be like. And, um, you know, all of your music and everything that you've done for us, us as fans, you know, we appreciate all your hard work and sticking sticking it through and, and doing everything. And you guys are out there, and now you're just like a new, new blood of success. And, uh, you know, we uh, – yeah. Hats off to you guys, Absolutely. man. Much respect. For Absolutely. Sure. Real quick before he goes, let's put this up one more time. Go see Skid Row and Buck Cherry Friday, March 31st at Sugar Creek Casino. We're going to say hello to you that night. You're going to be like, who the fuck are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll look for you out there, but but pick up your tickets at the Players Club. Call 877-930-STUB or get them at SugarCreekCasino.com. Not too long after that. Well, a little bit after that. We're going to see these guys at Rocklahoma. So you guys make sure you get out and support Skid Row. Pick up this new album. It is so freaking good. Oh, we need, to, we need to see if he can give us a secret of the Rocklahoma. Do you know what stage you're going to be on yet? He probably does not. I, I, he probably doesn't. No, I uh, was told which stage it is, but I don't remember. It better be a big one. Uh, it'll be a bit. I mean, there are no. One, one of our sponsors is uh, owns one of the stages. Yeah. One of the sponsors for our show owns a stage out there. Uh, Deb Concerts, Doug Burgess, and he uh, books a lot of bands and stuff down here. Mm-hmm. We're good friends with them. So if it's that stage, it's going to be packed as hell and uh, sweaty and a lot of fun. Yeah, so. definitely. Rachel, cool. thank you, thank you, my friend, for joining us tonight. Best wishes to you guys. You're on top of your game. You're sounding awesome these days. So we will look forward to seeing you out there on the road. Thank you for joining Tulsa Music Stream. Have a great night tonight. Much respect, Rachel. Right, Rock on, man. I, thanks, buddy. Right. Bye-bye. Take care. We'll see. Okay, see ya. There you go, everybody. Nice. Send your donations in. Another great interview. You can send wow. your money to what us. What a neat guy. Man. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So friendly. Very cool. So yeah, he's down to earth. Yeah, <clears throat> and he's a bass player, so that's even that puts him up higher. What do you got against guitar players, eh? I don't. I don't you know. Know. They play out of tune a lot, but other than that. And as far as the the phrasing of some of their songs, it's yeah. it's, it's it's respect. Monkey you know, it, it's tough. It's tough to sing that stuff, man. And and it just it, you have to be on your on your absolutely toes. yeah absolutely it'll, it'll get away from you quickly yeah <laughs> make you want to quit smoking quickly huh <laughs> angela king says love the interview keep rocking you too thank, thank you, you angela. angela appreciate it melanie hall what a stellar human we agree angie parker thank you so much inspiring guy don holman that was fun yes it was yeah he's a good guy you know some of the topics are you know can get uh, you know dicey, dicey a little Heavy. bit you know with some of the things that the these guys have had to go through and and, and do right. and it's so hard to ask certain questions you know when you don't know what kind of response you're going to get yeah because we knew we couldn't sit there and ask a bunch of sebastian questions because you don't want to fucking talk about that it's been 25 years or whatever sure. so. Well, and they're so excited and why wouldn't they be about eric i, uh, I was going to yeah. say this to him i didn't get a chance but I truly think Eric Gronwall is the singer they've been looking for since they parted ways yeah. with Sebastian. Oh, he's killer. He's he killer. is. He's what they needed. Yeah. I mean, the other guys have been great, but he, this guy's special, and, and I think everybody And knows we didn't it. get to talk a whole lot about Eric, but, you know, he, he won the Sweden, what is it called, Idol? The Voice, or was it Idol? Uh, it was American Idol. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sweden. Swedish Idol. <laughs> Sorry about that. And, and one of his, uh, I guess, his song that he auditioned, was 18 in life right and i mean what a full circle for that you know, know crazy, here you, you, know. you try to get on this show to promote yourself get yourself on a bigger stage and and then the song you, you audition with is the is the ends up being the band you 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 go on tour on with in that's Europe. literally the what's the mark Wahlberg movie that's the mark Wal- what's the rock star movie uh what's it called right right rock star is that what it is uh-huh yeah it's kind of the same thing the steel dragon thing steel right? dragon but you know Going to do that, and then you know, I know his response when when he asked him to join the band, he just kind of put his head down, and they thought he wasn't going to actually say yes. Really, and then he ended up saying yes, and um, and now he's touring, and he's going to be opening up for Kiss in Europe. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dreams do happen for for the select few out there, but he he has the good so. He deserves the dream uh, to, to that he's achieving right now. And thank you guys so much for all your shares, all your comments. Um, we didn't get to all of them, um, but thank you for uh, participating with us in the chat room. We really appreciate it. Um, we even have some stuff on 
YouTube as well, um, some stuff. And so thank you guys for sharing. And, and um, like I said, uh, hit the notification bell and, and all that good stuff on Facebook and YouTube and all that. Twitch and MySpace and all. And we will be uploading this to Spotify, and you can hear hear this interview um, on your way to work in the morning or you're on your way home. Episode 72. Another thing I want to plug, too, if you guys send some stars, um, that, that really helps us out if you do that. And we'll get to the sponsors here in a minute, and I'll talk about the uh, the online store. But any support you guys can give the stream if you want to donate, um, Cash App, Tulsa Music Stream. It helps keep these things going. It does cost money to keep the show running and keep equipment uh, up. You know, equipment has a shelf life and it goes down. Sometimes you have to replace things. So any little bit of support you guys can give us, it, it keeps us uh, enabled to do these interviews. And man, you know, we've got we've got some other really great ones coming up. I meant to pull this up and I, I need to do it. But I know we've got Mike Tramp coming up. Let's talk about this real quick. Should have made a little screen for this but mike tramp's going to be on with us um saturday march 25th at 2 p.m the reason the time's kind of funky on that is because he's overseas so we have to we have to compensate for that and then tuesday april 11th at 8 p.m steve lynch of autograph so i mean good stuff's happening uh, we can't do this without your support so we truly appreciate you all sending stars or donating via cash app or uh, you can go to Identity Merch, uh, Facebook Identity Merch, pick up a Tulsa Music Stream shirt. We've got short sleeve and long sleeve. It's getting ready to get warm again. You can get a tank. Uh, there's a hoodie on there. Take that you your can picture pick up. and show us that you're wearing it. So if you go to our Tulsa Music Stream Facebook page, there's a link to the store right there at the top. Pick that up. And like Scott said, we're on podcast format now. This episode will be available in podcast format shortly. Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and more. We do want to give a shout out to DEB Concerts for uh, their support of our stream. Like we said, uh, watch for Doug Burgess's stage out at Rocklahoma, the DNB Processing Stage at the Roadhouse. That will be fun as always. Dustin Little, thank you for your never-ending support of Tulsa Music Stream. Anyone out there with IT needs, this is your guy. You can call him at 918-640-0892 or email Dustin at ogpc.com. Yeah, and if there's anybody that knows any, you know, some <clears throat> sponsors out there that would love to get on board help us out let us know seriously do it can advertise for your business um we're dirt cheap hey these guys played Asylum springs last night and they came up here to this show and they're very tired send these people some money man seriously or 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 send us uh cars cars or jewelry will be good too or or a pair of pajamas (laughs) pillow we also want to say thanks to teresa gaddy for Yes. monitoring the oh, chat so room Thank and you. writing down all of our stuff that we can send to the yes. press and everything. We really appreciate all your hard work that you do over Definitely. there. She doesn't want to be on camera because, you know, it's a Sunday. I so. don't blame her. I don't I'm a behind-the-scenes girl. Well, you're doing a fantastic job. It takes a team. It takes a village to do these things. And what we, did you think about the interview? I thought he was amazing. I did, too. Yeah. Well-spoken. He's a bass player. What do you expect? You know, uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. He was well spoken. Um, yeah. And, and just down to earth. He still looks good I for his age, too. Genuine. Huh? His skin looked good. Yeah. You know. She's, Hair looks good, too. I mean, Very. Yeah. So. She's a bass but, player. Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> well, let's go have some Skid Row coffee and some uh, soap and soap ourselves up. That sounds like a good morning to me, although it is evening. Guys, thank you again so much. Uh, join us again Saturday, March 25th for Mike Tramp at 2 p.m. Remember, if you can't catch it live, you can always catch the replays, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or the podcast forms, as we said. If you guys don't have anything else, I'm going to sign off and tell everyone to have a wonderful week. Thank you for watching Tulsa Music Stream. Happy trails, Tulsa. Have a great night. Thank you, guys. Good night.